First John chapter four, verse 17 through 21. Amen. Here in his love, here is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear have torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Also, precious Lord, thank you for loving us. Because if you would have not first loved us, we would never, never have ever loved you. Father God, we love you because you first loved us. And we know you love us, Father God, because we feel your presence, Father God. We feel your spirit and we know that your spirit lives in us. Father God, we ask right now that you would continue to speak through our to our spirits through the Apostle John. We ask that you show us how to really love and what love really is. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just just when I when I look at verse 20, and that's where we are at today, just getting there, and I just look back at some of the subjects that we have covered. Verse 17, he says, herein is love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. When I was reading it, when I was just reading the text, I, I just, I just stopped, stopped right there in my heart because God wants us to have boldness. He wants us to have boldness, not only right now. We ought to be bold. We ought to be bold. We ought to be bold. What, I, what, I'm, what I'm seeing today, a lot of, lot of cowardness in the church, a lot of soft. The church has gotten soft and cowardly, and we, and we don't want to stand for anything. We don't, want to, we don't want no persecution. We don't want no trouble. And, and God's, God's people have always been troubled. Matter of fact, the word of God says many are the afflictions of the righteous and, 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 and all who desire to live God in Christ shall suffer. We've been talking about commands and commands. That's those are commands. Those are, you know, he said, well, you might suffer if you become a Christian. He didn't say that. He didn't say you might have some. You know, he said you will. You will. So here it is love made perfect that we may have boldness. In the day of judgment, who needs some boldness? Amen. I, I, I'm not the only one in here that needs some boldness. Okay? Amen. And you're going to really need it in the day of judgment. Amen. We, we, we don't want to be like the, the lion on the Wizard of Oz when he was getting ready to meet the wizard and he's just shaking at the knees and, and shaking at the knees and then he ran out of the hall and jumped out the window. We don't want that, we don't want that when we show up in God's presence. Amen. We want to show up in boldness. And the only way we show up in boldness is because we know the Son. And we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and we can stand in boldness in that day. Why? Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Now we get some boldness. We get some boldness because we know we have a, a God that's, that's, that's bigger than any situation we may find ourselves in. Because fear have torment. No torment is. The Bible says, and the rich man went to hell, and in, and, and, and in hell he, he was in torment because of his thoughts. And his thoughts, your, your mind can place you in torment. You sit there thinking about stuff all the time. Thinking about, you know what? If I could have, should have, would have. If I could have, should have, would have. You now you in hell, and you, you you got all your faculties, okay? And now you're thinking about all the opportunities you had 
to serve God and to worship God and to praise God and to lift him up and to testify of his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his love. And now you in torment because fear have torment and he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Love perfects you. God's love perfects you. God's love is designed to perfect you. To perfect you means not to make you perfect, but to make you strong and, 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 and bold and courageous and not fearful. To, see, to me, there's nothing worse than just being fearful. And I've had days where I've been fearful. And, and, and I just rebuke that thing. I, just want, I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to be scared to preach something. I don't want to be scared to, 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 to stand on what I believe God would have me stand on. Mm-hmm. We love him. Verse 19, we get into verse 20. We love him, okay? I'm going to talk about what that means. Because he first loved us. Let me tell you something. If you're a child of God, and God has saved you, and God has filled you with the spirit, and God has touched your heart and your soul, and God has assured you that when this life is over, you're going to be able to stand in boldness in the day of judgment, you've you got to love him. God's love ain't like it ain't like a man loving a woman or a woman loving a man. God, you can you can reject that. When God loves you, okay. When God loves you, you're not gonna sit there and say, "God, I don't want your love." Uh oh. God loves you, and you're gonna love Him back. Now, verse twenty. What a powerful verse. Here's John's favorite. One of John's favorite sayings: "If a man say, if a man say." We got to watch what we say. But if a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So if a man say, I love God, what's he saying? See? Yeah, to sit here and think about what what is what is somebody saying if he says I love God? What is he saying? Because you're hard pressed to hear people say that they don't love God. Just about everybody would say they love God or they they have respect for God. And you know many people who love God. And and, and what's that mean? You have that right. You have a right. I believe you have a right to ask them. What's that mean? What's that look like? I love God. Listen, let me give you a couple, just a couple. I'm all over the place. Yeah, y'all just excuse me. He says, I love God, mm-hmm. which would mean I have placed my faith in God. I have placed my faith in God. I'm still all over the place. Here we go. Here we go. We got it now. Y'all hang in there with me. I got three, I got three books up here because my stakes are wasn't putting all of them together at one time. Okay, so, so if a man say he loved God, he's saying that I am faithful to God's truths. God's truths resonate in me. God said it. That settles it. God said it. That settles it. I want to be taught God's word. I want to learn God's word. Okay. I want to be taught. I want to hear the good sound preaching of God's word. That's going to make me stronger. Okay. So when the storms come and the winds blow, guess what? I'm going to be found where on, on that rock. John says this, John says this, he says, let therefore abide in you. Let that therefore abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. And that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you. And you shall also continue in the sun. How does something remain in you? Think about that. Think about some of the things that, think about some of the things that, 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 that are about your personality that has been a part of your personality for years and years and years. Think about that. It might be work ethic. It might, be, it might just be you just a strong-willed person. But, but the reason those things stay in you is because you want them to. Amen. You want them to. Nothing, nothing's going to stay in you if you don't want it to. 
There's things that there's things that we let go of. We said, here, I don't want this no more. I don't want this to be a part of who I am anymore. We've, we've all of us have had relationships or friendships that have that have this dissolved over the years. OK, most of us can look back in, in high school and think about how many of us in here still have high school friends that we stay in contact with. Very few, most of us, very few, because we've moved on, we've grown and we've involved in something else. OK, so so that so the man of God that's, that says he loved God, he's going to be faithful to God. And he's going to want to grow. That was a wonderful text. He, want, he wants to grow in godliness. He wants to grow in love. He wants to grow in faith. He wants to grow in his commitment and all that. That's just part of who we are as, as people who love God. We talk about Enoch. I bring up Enoch all the time. But the Bible says Enoch walked with God. He walked with God. Imagine, imagine what, what's, that, what's that like? Just think, think, about, think about having a, a Christian friend who, who held you accountable. Okay, and talk to you every day. That could be difficult if you weren't about the right thing. Uh, amen. That could be difficult. We sometimes we call it on accountability partner, somebody that, that you that you that you just talk to about everything, just freely. Okay. The person who says they love God, they're gonna do. They're gonna keep His commandments. They're gonna keep His commandments. And, and, and the ones that they struggle with, they're going to say, God, I'm struggling with this commandment, but keep me, keep me, keep my, keep my nose to it. I don't want to let this one go. Someone who, someone who loves God, guess what? They're going to bear fruit. They're going to bear fruit. Somebody said, Pastor, what do you mean bear fruit? They're going to bear fruit. This time of year, you go down to some of the farms and different things. The corn season is just about over. But when that farmer looked out there and see his corn, see his trees, apples all over, he know them trees is what? Bear fruit. Amen. As Christians, the Bible said we ought to bear much fruit. He said, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bear much fruit. I would, ask you, I would have to ask you, how much fruit are you bearing? How many lives are you touching? Okay. What do people what do people think about when they when they see you, when they talk to you? Do they think about do you, I mean, just you don't have to always, you know, hit people with John 3, 16 scriptures. They can just talk to you and realize that you're walking with the Lord, that you're walking with the Lord. OK, Here, here's one. And we're going to talk about it a little bit in a minute. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. Hereby we know that we abide in him or we love him. We love the brother. We love the brother. We love we love meeting with Christians, okay? Whether it's Sunday morning, Wednesday night, we come to church. We want to be around Christians. We want to be around our brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you like, if you like, some of us we, we hang around heathens all week. And Sundays it should be refreshing when you can talk to a man of God or a woman of God or be in a room where you can just talk freely and laugh and joke and talk about the scriptures. That's a that's a beautiful thing. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. Okay, let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. Walking, person who loves the Lord. He's your role model. He's somebody you look up to. Somebody you want to walk like. Walk, walk, walk like. I happen to see a, a lady at Panera Bread. I told have said this on Wednesday a couple weeks ago. And she had on a what would Jesus do bracelet. I hadn't seen one in a long time. It was old. It was one of old school ones. She was young. She probably was 17, you know, but I looked on her wrist and she said, what would Jesus do bracelet on? How about that? I thought that was fascinating, you know, walking as Jesus walked, you know, thinking about when you do something, you want to get ready to get involved in something, you get ready to do something. You, I mean, you get ready to even purchase something. Do you, do you filter this thing out with the Lord? I wonder how, I wonder what the Lord thinks about me doing this. That's, that's what a person who loves the Lord, that's, that's some of his behavior. I wonder what the Lord thinks about me doing this. Well, but, but that's part one. That's part one. Here's the a, here's a, here's a part of the text that really caught me. And I, and, I, and, I, and I sit here and I worked on this thing. If I was to say, if I was just to say, what's the opposite of love? Hate. hate that would instantly come to probably 99.9% of the people's minds when I say what's the difference between love what's the opposite of love 
hate. Now, y'all know I like to stir things up because I don't. What is hate then? What is hate? Who do you hate? I don't, I don't think anybody in this room hate anybody. Honestly. I mean, we're indifferent to them. But I don't, if I go around the room and say, name three people that you hate. Most of us would really be confounded because we really don't hate anybody like that. Okay? None of us really hate anybody. So, so in this sense, the, the word has to mean something else. And that's what caught me off guard. And I sit here and say, what's he talking about? If a man say I love God and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So what kind of hate is this? What kind of hate is this? How do we explain this kind of hate? Let me, let me, let me take a shot at it. Anybody ever heard the word apathy? Apathy. You know, when you think about that word apathy, what's, what's, what comes to your mind? And I know we are just not Wednesday night, so I'm, just, I'm preaching this. Spiritual apathy. Okay? And, and, and that word in, in, the, in the Webster means uh, just, it's just indifference. Okay? Indifference. A coldness. You know, and, 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 and it, could, it could just be just fickleness. You ever just run into some folks? They just fickle. Fickle. Always changing. But when I think of apathy in this sense, think about the church. And think about, look around the room in your spiritual mind. Look around and, and, and you see who set in certain spots. Okay? And, and a, lot of, a lot of us will say, well, it's COVID. I don't come to church because it's COVID. All right. Okay. Let me hit apathy again. Okay. In, 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 in a spiritual sense. What is apathy? Dismissiveness. Anybody ever thought about that word? Dismissiveness. Why are you guys here? None of y'all in here worry about COVID? What's the difference? What's the difference? Apathy, apathy says, apathy says it doesn't mean that much to me anymore. Okay? Most relationships, most relationships, if a, if, a, if a couple divorce, they don't divorce because they hate each other. Some do. I would, I'm not going to go 100%. Some, some folks may get to where they hate each other. But the real, the real root of the problem is just an indifference. I don't feel the same way about you as I used to. Okay? Now, when I put that in a spiritual context in the church, most, a lot of folks just don't feel the church no more. I ain't feeling it. And if we would be honest, if we would be honest, we'd say, well, you know what? It, it doesn't really mean as much to me as it used to. Okay? Now, now I know that could be troubling, and I know that's not what, what a lot of folks would, would think, you know, that word hate means. But when you say you hate your brother, I don't even want to kill him. Now, we can go back to Cain and Abel, but I don't think we got no Cain and Abel kind of folks around here. I don't think any of us in here that's been married and divorced would say, you know what, I want to kill my ex. Okay? We, 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 we gotten over that. Okay? A, a, believer, a believer who feels spiritually apathetic should ask one thing. What's that thing? Okay? Am I right with God? David, David felt apathetic. If you read all of Psalms 51, and I'm not going to read all of Psalms 51, but if you read all of Psalms 51, and, and we study the causes of apathy, and, 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 uh, and, and I use it lightly for hate for the church, okay? Because they don't hate your brothers. You don't hate your brothers and sisters. I, you know, I know there's some folks... You know, I had some some odds with, you know, in, in church and my, my teaching and different things. And they'll say, well, you know, I hate him. They don't really mean that. If they see me somewhere, they wouldn't they wouldn't say, well, you know, they wouldn't walk up to me and say, I hate him. If I walked up to them and say, hey, how you doing? They would say, how you doing? 
Okay, a person who hated you would probably want to punch you. I don't think there's nobody out there that want to punch me. You know. <laughs> okay. Sin. The number one cause of apathy. Sin. Okay. When we sin, it separates us from God. And if we stay sinning too long, we talked about drifting this morning, sin will push you away from the church. Now, some churches don't preach against sin. That's right. Okay? Because they know they got a church full of sinners. All right? I remember being at a church and I'm preaching. I'm doing my thing. I, 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 I've been doing this for a long time now. You know, y'all tolerated me a long time. I always tell Sydney if they ever took a vote and said we want to go a different way, I would never fight it. I just, you know, I just grab my stuff out of the office and, you know, and, and, and I just move on. But I'm not going to change preaching Amen. the way I preach because this is how God trained me to preach. Amen. So I'm preaching at this church and there's a lot of folks in there. And not a lot of folks, about 25, 30 folks. And I'm preaching against sin. I'm just preaching. I, I don't know who, I don't know these folks. I was asked to come preach. I was a guest preacher. And they called me at the last minute and said, hey, can you come preach? I'd say, okay. But I just preached on sin. Fornication came up and 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 after the church service was over, the, the preacher said, you, you, you can't preach, you can't preach fornication. He said, All these women are here fornicating, and there was all, a lot of women in the church. And he said, Oh, you're gonna run everybody away. And that was a long time ago. You know, but you gotta do what you gotta do. And you gotta preach the, the message God has has preached to given you to preach. Let me let me let me let me let me read a little bit of, of David. And what caused him? Remember, David was when David was in his sin. He says, he says, he just felt a heavy, heavy load on him. He says in Psalm fifty-one, he says, "Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean." David was suffering; he was going through. Okay, he had committed a great sin with Bathsheba, and 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 he thought nobody knew about it. Well, he probably knew because some folks was probably talking about it, but it was weighing on him. See, when you when you have unconfessed sin in your life and and, 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 and and you're in a position of authority and leadership, it just weighs on you. And when things weighing on you, it's going to it's going to change the way you carry yourself and handle yourself. And David, David wanted this just weight off of him. OK, so he says in verse eight, he says, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou has broken may be. May rejoice, David. David felt the weight of his sins, and it felt like that his his bones was about to to break. He says, "Hide my face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities." And he says this, and this is a fascinating part of of Psalm fifty one. He says, "Created me a clean heart." Okay, he says, "Create me a clean heart and cast not away from thy presence and take not thy holy spirit away from me. See, a lot of times we, we won't do that. We'll, we'll be apathy and we'll get away from the church and we'll have all kind of excuses. We won't look at our life and say, you know what? It's me. It's me. I'm the reason why I don't want to go to church anymore. It's not, you know, we, it's quick. You know, it's quick. Ohio State lost yesterday. They lose another game. They're going to be wanting a new coach. Okay. Because see, you only can lose one game a year at Ohio State. So if they lose another game and they got 10 more to play, they're going to be calling for the coach's head. And that's how the church is. Okay. And the pastor is preaching the word of God and preaching the gospel. and say, I don't go there because I don't like the pastor. And, 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 and if that don't work, they say, well, I don't like the people. And if that don't work, they say, well, the church service is too long. And then if that don't work, they'll say, well, all they want is your money. And, and, and really all, the t- all along, all they're doing is, is making excuses for why they don't want to come. Okay, and, and, and then and they say, well, I don't go to that church because, you know, they going to want me to do something. <laughs> All right. And then that don't work. And then and the last one, and it probably could be the first one, but the last one I'm going to use is say, All the folks are hypocrites. Yep. Church is full of hypocrites. Okay. The church is full of hypocrites. Amen. 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 It is. And then we got room for one more. Matter of fact, we got room here. We got room in here for 25 more. We can use 25 more hypocrites because hypocrites need to hear the word of God. Amen. Okay? Hypocrites need to hear the word of God. And, and, and hypocrites need to hear it over and over and over. Okay? Amen. Okay? 
A lot of folks need to hear the word of God. A lot of folks have apathy. A lot of folks don't hate like that. They just, they just indifferent. They dismiss. Church don't mean that much, okay? If I go to church, it don't do nothing for me like it used to. Y'all hear all this stuff. I know y'all hear all this stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, and, and, and a lot of people are never coming back to church. A lot of people is not coming back to church. Amen. COVID has purged the church. Amen. Okay? And a lot of preachers don't want to preach no more. Because it's hard preaching messages in a COVID world. Okay? You know, it's, it's easy to preach feel-good messages when everything is going really, really good. And, it's, you know, you can have a good time. But these folks are getting sick. Folks is dying, okay? That message changed. Folks need to hear something different. And if we're going to have boldness in the day of judgment. And preachers, preachers got to know, listen, ain't everybody going to like you. I think that's, I think that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. Chew on this one for a little while. Cause I, think, I, think, I, know, I know preachers listen to me on sermon audio. They'll send me an email and they tell me stuff. They send me emails and they call me and talk to me and they tell me stuff. And, and, and they want to preach with boldness. But they worried about not being light. Here's what Jesus said. Y'all heard me say this before. Y'all heard this verse many times. Probably got a circle. He says, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Okay. Amen. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. The same shall be saved. Part three. Part three. You know that nobody here hates anybody. You might be indifferent to them. Might not want to be bothered with them. And I think that's where where we're at anymore. Look at this next part. Because he's just strong. Because we think about John. We think about John. He's Apostle John. Jesus loved him. He said that Jesus breast. But we found out reading that study in 1 John. He was pretty rough. He was pretty rough. If a man say, I love God. Okay. And hate his brother. Watch what John says next. He is a liar. Do you know? When the last time you ever called somebody a liar? That is hard to do. Even if, they, even if you know they lying. Even if your kids come to you, you know they lying. Okay? It's hard just to look them in the face and say, you a liar. It is, isn't it? It's not for you? It's hard for me to even tell somebody they're a liar. The biblical name for liar, the biblical definition of liar is falsifier. How about that? Maybe that would be easier for me to say. You a falsifier. <laughs> that would, I, calling somebody straight up a liar, to, to me, that's hard. That's, but that's what John does. Mm-hmm. And this is the apostle that Jesus loved. And he says, if you, if you say you love God and hate your brother, you are a liar. You know what he really said? Because where's your, who, who's your, wait a minute. Let's not, let's not mistake who brothers are. Maybe I was, maybe I should be clear about who brothers are. That's not, this is not me seeing, seeing somebody going down the street, seeing another black man. What's up, bro? That's right. He's not talking about that kind of brother, you know? Okay. He's talking about someone who has, has been born again. Alright? We should should love everybody, honestly. Alright? But there's a difference between the brothers on the streets and the brothers in the church. Okay? Amen. Okay. Now somebody say, let me me help you out one one more time. 
Ephesians 5.25. Y'all know, I know this verse. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. What did he say? He said, husbands, love your wives like what? Like Christ loved everybody? He didn't say everybody. So everybody, everybody, not everybody don't fall into the category of the church. Amen. Christ died for the church. Okay? So when he said husband love your wife like Christ loved the church, he died for, he's putting us, he's putting those of us that are part of the ecstasy of the church in a whole different category than other world. Amen. And I'm not saying he don't love the people in the world, but he don't love us. He don't love them like he loves us. He don't love them like he love us. He love us something special. Amen. I'm special. Okay? And, and he loves us in a special way. So, so when a person says, when a person says he hated his brother, or basically said, I don't want to be bothered with the people of the church. That's really what, that's really what people are saying when they refuse to attend church anymore for whatever reason. And I understand COVID, but if, I, if you tell me you love me, uh-huh. I get these calls all the time. Some family members. You never get to talk to a family member you don't talk to ever. <laughs> and they say, love you. <laughs> See, I'm glad y'all kind of agree with me. You ever just think, just call you out of the blue and they talk to them in five years. And then they, I, I, I love you. Okay. Let me not talk to Cindy for five years and then walk up and talk about I love you. <laughs> See, that ain't working. Okay. And, and, and this is the point that God is making through the apostle John. And he says this. And I'm going to get back to this liar thing because I'm not done with it. But he says, for he that loveth not his brother whom he have seen. Okay. And what he's saying, ain't none of us in here. There's not one person in here. Let me look around. Margaret, you eliminated you with me. Jeremy, you eliminated. Toy, you, you hang in there. And Ann. Christine, you with me. Because you're difficult. See, when you see somebody all the time, and you see everything about them, okay? Good, bad, and ugly. Right? All right? Me and Cindy had this conversation this morning. Excuse me, excuse me, Karina, but we were trying to figure out who you was more like, me or me or, me or her. <laughs> And Cindy said, no, she ain't like me. That's got to be you. No, I said, that's not me. That's you. <laughs> I think she's more like me. Lord help her. <laughs> but, my, but my point is, we see each other every day. It's a cop-out. It's a cop-out to say we love God, we don't see him. Plus, he without sin. And who can't love God? Who can't love God? He, he, he don't bother you. You don't see him. You know, you say, I love the Lord, but I can't stand you. Uh-oh. I'm his child. Think about it. Comes when you was born again, when you became a child of God, you became my brother. Think about it. Now, when my, my brothers came up, we got in fights and stuff. We were wrestling around, but we loved each other. I mean, we, when, once we hit the school, once we hit the street, we was tight. Amen. We had an unbreakable bond, okay? Now we wrestle around the house and you know all that kind of stuff, but but if I say I love God, then all those people that are born of God are what? Family. Those are my brothers and my sisters, okay? So so for somebody to say, I love God and don't want to be bothered with none of God's children 
And now y'all see where I'm going with this. This is why John says, and hated his brother. And hate don't mean you want to kill him, but don't want to be bothered with him. They're not that important to me. Okay? They don't mean that much to me. I don't care if I see him or not. I can go 18 months without seeing him or calling him, and it doesn't even matter. Okay? Don't say you love God and, 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 and don't love the pastor and don't love the trustees and don't love the ushers and don't love the church. See, that's where that's where that's where John is going. This is I hope this is educational because it was for me. Because I just can't take off for 18 months and say, Cindy, I love you. Jake, you can't do it neither. You probably can't do a couple hours. Y'all feel me? Now watch this. He calls him a liar. I'm going to close with this. I thought this was fascinating. He calls them liars. You know what John's calling them? If you're making that kind of testimony, you're saying, I love God, but I could care less about the church and the people of God and the people that go to the church. He's saying you are a falsifier. I like that, a falsifier. I'm going to find these words. You are a fraud. Your statement that you love God is fraudulent. It's, it's deceptive. It's double dealing. It's phony. And then what the charlatans do. This is what the charlatans do. Everybody know what a charlatan is? It's a, it's a preacher who could care less about the people. He just want their money. He just want their money. Okay? And he knows that he knows that to able to get that money from them, he got to preach them something that's probably can't be supported with scripture. Because if you go to a church with 20,000 people and, and they like to hoop and holler and run all around, guess what that preacher going to do? Is in it for the money. Keep y'all hooping and hollering as long as y'all fill these pots Amen. up. Okay? As long as y'all fill these chitlin buckets up. Here's what, here's what John. Here's what John. Now, we think about John. Sometimes we think about John as this soft guy. John, none of the apostles were soft. See, when you die for what you believe, there's no softness in it, okay? I heard somebody say back in the day, if it ain't worth dying for, uh-huh. it ain't worth doing, all right? So a lot of people, a lot of people realize that when, when COVID came around, well, it ain't worth dying for. Amen. I, I remember having this conversation with Deacon Jeremy. I said, listen, man, we gonna keep this church open if it's just me, you, and Vaughn and Sydney." Then we had that conversation. Cause to me, it's worth dying for. I'm not up here. I'm not up here playing. Okay. This is serious. He says. He says. I got. I got John eight forty four. Here's John, and and here's Jesus speaking. John's paying attention. He said. He's had this long dialogue with the people of God, with the religious rulers, with the Pharisees. He had this long dialogue with them, and he ain't getting nowhere with them. He ain't getting nowhere with them. He's looking at them, and they telling him, you know what? We are of Abraham's seed. All right? And, and Jesus, here's what he says. You ain't of Abraham's seed. Jesus says, you are of, of your father." The devil in the lust of your father, ye will do. And he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, y'all sit here and, and y'all have heard me say over the years, Jesus was powerful, courageous. And if he came back preaching the same message today, they would crucify him again. If he came back today, they would crucify him again because he wasn't entertaining. He wasn't an entertainer. He wasn't an entertainer. He was a preacher. He was a preacher of gospel. He was the gospel. How about that? Okay. He was. 
Let me, let me, let me give you a, 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 another thing that, 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 that John said that I, thought was, that I thought was pretty profound. He said a lot of things, okay? And some people say, well, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you worried about people coming to church? Jesus said, he, Jesus said, preach the word. Amen. Okay. He says, I could care less if anybody came. Matter of fact, Jesus said, if nobody came, I could make these pews. Okay. He said, I could make these pews saying praises to me. Okay, that's the kind of God we serve. But the importance of the importance of seeing people grow and people get stronger. And I can sit here and I know y'all are. I know. I sit here and listen to the conversations and listen to the stuff that you guys say on Sunday morning on Wednesday nights. I'm sitting here like, you know, they just getting growing and growing and growing. And that's to that's to be the goal of, of any of any any church. You know, people are growing in godliness and getting stronger in the word of God. Getting stronger in the word of God. And you have to ask yourself, if you're a child of God, are you getting stronger or are you a liar? Okay. Are you getting stronger or are you a liar? He that say, if I know him, watch this. He that say, I know him and keep it not his commandments. Here's John again. Is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Now, it doesn't mean purposely going out and breaking the commandments. But in order for you to keep the commandments, now I think of, I can look around all of us in here that ever worked and still working. Guess what? There's rules. There's rules. There's training you have to go to. Okay? For Toya working at the post office, she had to go to training and training and different trainings probably all the time. Jake's got to go to training all the time as a fireman. Sylvia working in healthcare, training all the time. Same with Christine. Jeremy got to know all the OSHA rules and all the things that do's and don'ts of his job. Okay? So, so and, and the reason they do that is why? So it's safety, but if you make a mistake, what else you got to do when you go to that training? Jake, what do you got to do when you go to that training? Sign right here, saying you have this training. Okay? But see, folks don't get no training and, they, and, they, and they're not able to keep the commandments. You can't keep the commandments if you don't know them. That's right. Okay? So this is why I say let not many of us be teachers because if you just want to sit here and, 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 and play with your people and then they don't know, they don't know nothing. They don't know nothing. And then, and then, they, then they, can't, how are you going to keep the commandments if you don't know them? Not. Can't. Who is a liar, John? He he liked that word liar. It's only used ten times in the Bible. John used it seven of them. <laughs> what that tell you? Something was going on in this church. Okay? And remember, remember the Gnostics was coming in. All of this when you start studying 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the Gnostics was coming in and they was teaching something totally different. They was teaching something totally different. Jesus, he wasn't the son of God. He really didn't die on the cross when he really wasn't buried. And they was teaching them all that stuff. And obviously some of the people were struggling with, with what to believe and what not to believe. And John was just calling them out. And sometimes you just got to just call it out. Call a spade a spade. Okay. And, 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 and here John in John 2, 22 say, who's a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ? You ever meet somebody like that? Oh, I believe in God. I just don't believe in Jesus. Now you can call him a liar. You don't believe in God if you don't believe in Jesus. Because you, you just don't believe in God. If, and, and this is what's happening now with our young people. Oh, we don't, we don't believe in Jesus. We believe in God, but we don't believe in Jesus. What, what, what? See? It don't, it, it, it don't make sense to us. It makes sense to them. Who is the liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? And remember I said Christ ain't Jesus' last name. Amen. He's the Messiah. He was the one who came from above. He was the one that the Old Testament pointed to that was going to come. Matter of fact, said he's going to die between two thieves. Not a bone will be broken. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
He is an antichrist. He's, see? Imagine calling somebody an antichrist and a liar in the same verse. <laughs> Think about that. You, John's calling him a liar and an antichrist in the same verse. This ain't for chumps. And this is why I think COVID, the blessing, the blessing of COVID has purged the churches. Okay? And maybe God, maybe God got to get it all the way down to the screws before he start building his true church. Okay? Maybe, maybe he got to do, like I used to tell you my dentist do, and I went, we went to the firing range Wednesday, and I, I'm, that's the first time I've been with him outside of sitting in that chair. But he, he's meticulous. He's a meticulous dentist. And, and I'm sitting there, got tears coming down my eyes every time I hear that sound of that little gun. And he done numb my jaws all up. Feel that little needle going there. Ain't that a good feeling? Anybody like that? And he, and he takes it, he got a cavity, and he's cleaning it all out. And I'm saying, man, you got to be done. Him and I graduated together, so I talked to him like that. I said, dude, you done yet? He said, no, I ain't done yet. I, I know he's feeling it if I don't clean it all out. Maybe that's why Sylvia said he didn't know he was a preacher. Maybe I cussed at him while he was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I didn't think so. But see, sometimes God got to, sometimes God, you know, God got to prune some stuff down. Any of us in here to, to do plants and stuff, then we get, we get carried away. We like, listen, let me tell you something. This is God's church, and God gonna take care of it. Okay. This is God's church and God's going to take care of it. I'm not going to sit up here. I will not sit up here and say, you know what? We need, we need to raise more money. Or we're going to close. God has blessed us financially because it's his church. Amen. All right. He, he's blessed us and we, we don't have all that craziness going on. And we just thank God for that. But see, sometimes, sometimes you got to get like John. Who is a liar but he that denies Jesus is the Christ? We got some folks that we run into every day that's like that. You ever thought about calling him a liar? You ever thought about calling someone close to you and asking, why, why don't you go to church? Why, what, what, what happened to your relationship with the Lord? Why don't you have a relationship with God? Just ask them. Simple as that. Why don't you have a relationship with God? Why, you know, you're going through, you got all these ups and downs. You ever thought about a relationship with God? And see what they say. Some, some of y'all already know what they would say. Get out of here with that stuff, man. I don't want to bleed. I don't ain't nobody going to that church with that Bible and all that. Know what he is? You know what that person is? See, I don't even have a boldness that John had. He's a liar. And he's an antichrist. You know what the anti mean? Against. Against. He's against Christ. Okay? And guess what? If he had three kids, he's going to have three, ki- three little Antichrist kids. Okay? And then we wonder what's going on in Youngstown. Guess what? We got, a, we, got a, we got a population of Antichrist kids running around doing Antichrist stuff. Lawlessness. Steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? See, so, see that's how you know that, you know, this kid is Antichrist. Because he out here stealing and killing and destroying stuff. He don't even have no problem just getting a car, steal somebody's car, run into somebody's house. Hop out and run. That's Satan's child. And we don't like to say that. We, we got to reach our young people. Lastly, You, you ever you ever thought about the the thief on the cross? I know y'all have because I love that story, so I share it with y'all a lot. I heard a guy teaching on it this week. He did a good job with it too. You know what he said? And and we've 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 done it too, and I and I'm probably guilty of it too. He and he said many people look at the thief on the cross. And they say, see how little he knew and still got into heaven. Chew on that for a little bit. Because we say that. We say, well, he know he never tied. He never was baptized. He never went to Sunday school. He never, he never read the Bible. 
don't know that. But let me tell you what his testimony says. His testimony says he knew more about Jesus than everybody that was there. Amen. All in the crowd and everything. He knew more about Jesus than anybody that was there. And he was a Jew. Okay? And every Jew would have known about Jesus. But it says, here's what he knew. He knew he was Lord. He knew he was Lord. He knew he had a kingdom. How, you see, see, a lot of Christians don't know that. That was the basic stuff. He knew he had, he knew he was Lord. He knew he was sinless. He knew he was Lord. He knew he had a kingdom. And he knew he was coming back. Amen. Okay? Amen. Don't let nobody. Now, next time somebody said, well, see, you ain't got to go to church. I can wait to the last minute like deep on the cross, but deep on the cross knew something. Okay? See? He knew he was Lord. He knew he was sinless. He knew he had a kingdom. And he knew he was coming back. <laughs> Precious Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you for John, the first John, the first four chapters of John. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the power that's found in this apostle, Father God. On the surface, you think of John, you think of someone who was timid maybe and passive. But when you read about John, when you study about John, he truly was one of the sons of thunder. He was bold, Father God. I pray that you give me the boldness that you give John. Give me the courage that you gave John. Give me the wisdom that you gave John. Give me the ability to teach the word with the authority that you gave John. Father God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the peace that's found in a relationship with you. When we got the whole world upside down and all the world doing only what the world do, fighting among each other, Father God, there is peace in the midst of the storm. There is peace found in Jesus Christ. And I think that Isaiah called him the Prince of Peace. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.